0: I think you'd better do what he says, Mr. Kenny.
1: You have 60 seconds to comply. This is minute 10. Part man. Part machine. Or or pod. pod. Would you like to lead us off in the minute?
2: This minute begins with Dick Jones saying, But at Security contests, we believe an efficient police force is only part of the solution and ends with everyone backing away from Ed 209.
1: Let's face it, wouldn't you do that as well? I mean... Although, no, you might, Well, yeah, it's scary as shit. Or you could just run up and hug it, because uh, it's a big puppy. But more importantly, we have a special guest.
2: I mean, I do love me some big robots. Anyway, yeah, we're not alone. We're not alone <laughs> here. We're joined by someone for once.
1: It is my pleasure to introduce you all to Luke Milton of, let's say, Dungeons and Drongos, the Fruitless Pursuit cast, uh, Book Was Better, Scar Joker. You guys have so many more podcasts than me, but uh, yeah, mm-hmm. please say hello, Luke.
0: You realise, um, Connor, that when you described the minute, the first four words you said included dick, "But," <laughs> and "As," which is only yeah. one letter away from ass.
2: <laughs> and Jones. And Jones. Yeah,
1: that's the dirtiest one. Yeah.
2: And there's also a Johnson in this, uh, in the room of characters here. So, yeah. It's the OCP
1: ballroom. It's full of dicks.
2: Oh, yeah. 100%. Yeah. (laughs) Well, hello. What a pleasure. (laughs) Yeah, this is why, uh, the expertise of Luke Buildner specifically, uh, a particular brand of humor, let's just say.
0: That's that's (laughs) me just analyzing the first minute of your podcast <laughs> let alone yes, you me. know the attention i'm going to give to the minute of
1: uh, robocop here gonna be an interesting minute or at least the recording is going to be an interesting minute because realistically speaking not much happens but we do get the reveal of ed 209 which is pretty cool
2: and all its stop motion glory
1: yeah, before we get to that, isn't it a tradition that we ask our guests how they uh, first interacted with the movie? Yeah, so what, what's your history with Robocop?
0: Uh, put it in there, press play, uh, watched it.
2: <laughs> Thrilling stuff. When, who, why, what, where? Yeah,
0: no, um, when When it was on video, so uh, probably not far after release. Um, so about 1989? I, no, probably, yeah yeah i guess so and i watched it with my i think my stepfather had rented it and i got to watch it but then um i, I significantly remember seeing robocop <laughs> 2 in the cinema with a whole bunch of school friends and we were not uh, oh, wow. of age to be able to see it
1: yeah you wouldn't have been and
0: it was the first time we went in and were and just went can we have tickets to RoboCop 2? And they said, sure. And uh, we watched that and that was a lot of fun. So I lo- I loved it as a kid. I thought it was amazing. I still love it.
1: There's a thing with RoboCop 2 is that I think it was either an M or an R on video and in, it was a different rating in the movies. It's one of those weird movies mm. that that happened with. So I can't remember which one's which. I say that I've got the VHS literally directly behind me. So yeah, it must be like mm. an M or something back in the cinemas.
0: Oh, no, don't. Don't turn around and look. Just speculate. Don't ruin the surprise.
1: <laughs> no, it's literally a uh, short tilt away. I was like, oh, yeah, there's an R on the VHS. So. Yeah. 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 But I know the original Robocop was a hard R. I definitely should not have been watching that when I was like 10 years old. But I loved nah, it.
2: I never got to see any inappropriate movies <laughs> as a child. I don't have any of those stories. I was so sheltered. Although, uh, the uh, what was the, the third Indiana Jones movie? Uh, La- the last crusade watched that with my brother when we were very little and we were screaming when <laughs> the stop motion melty well the old face yeah oh, no, the, the rapid aging oh no rapid yeah, the ages yeah that
1: was the last crusade
2: yeah, yeah. I think the, even
1: melty face uh, freaked me out when i was a kid yep still love those movies yes I'm, i i'm a quiet defender of the fourth one just a little bit.
2: I have not seen it since I saw it in cinemas. Maybe I
1: should return it, to it. It's probably not age well because it also has Shia LaBeouf. So that's something you have to invest. Oh, I mean, I have already
2: <laughs> endured three Transformers movies with Shia LaBeouf.
0: Well, don't so... be, don't be knocking Shia LaBeouf. He's done some amazing stuff.
1: Yeah, he's amazing. and
2: yeah. it, it's not his fault. It's absolutely not.
1: And the best thing he's ever done is the musical.
2: And yes, there is. <laughs> oh, he's a legend. I freaking love him look
0: i i uh, uh, look, i could fucking i could spend a long time here defending shia Buff. i could <laughs> tell you why kingdom of the crystal skull works and doesn't work but i thought we were <laughs> here to talk about talk robocop
2: oh. uh i'm gonna blame this tangent on simon i didn't yep. do it
1: yeah 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 blame it <laughs> on simon me. simon
2: just wanted to share the
0: controversial opinion that he still likes raiders of the lost ark yeah everybody <laughs> likes raiders of the lost
1: ark simon it's Raiders fine. is uncontroversial. <laughs> Kingdom of the Crystal Skull—that's controversial. Yeah, well, it's got giant ants. And, and I cool. protected it. I said I actually like that film. <laughs> yeah. All
0: right. So Robocop, fight me, fight me, Robocop. Robocop.
2: Cop. Roberto Coperto. Uh, robert Cop two Cop tags on Instagram.
0: Now I think there is a hell of a lot happening in this clip. Yes. Yeah. And, and I only just uh, watched it <laughs> just seconds before we did this. Um, <laughs> one, it's the most '80s corporate. Craziness mm. ever, and yes. that is um so uh, a mirror of what's happening
1: today, yeah.
0: because Trump still thinks like that this is the world that like he's That's in a true. Paul Verhoeven film, and that um you can. Oh, no, ironically
1: he thinks it's a Paul Verhoeven film. Yeah, and it's That's got all, all that part. sort
0: of greed is good corporation kind of thing happening. Um, I, what I love straight away is the absolute, uh, fascination in the power status of televisions. Like Mm -hmm. the television fetishism here is, is huge. People thought that televisions were a really important thing. If you had three TVs, four TVs, that was really important. This guy's got like, you can't even count all the TVs.
1: Well, Mm. it's that great thing where, you know, that... that this that time in the eighties where the actually making the bigger TV out of tinier little TVs was that Wow thing. You know, you go into like say um Myers in this city and they have one of those kind of displays and you're like,
0: Whoa
1: and they all sync yeah. up.
0: And you see it yeah. everywhere, like um yeah.
2: it's pulling a an also Mandius as I like
0: to. Call it. Well we watched uh, the nineties Ninja Turtle movie the other week and Shredder has nice. that set up in his yeah. Place. Nice. It's like, why does he need that? There was this idea of, wow, I could watch all the channels at the same time. They're like, nobody was predicting, like, no one predicted flat screen TVs and why all... not just
2: one giant screen guys
0: or even no one's gone hey wouldn't it be cool in the future if we had one small little tv that fit in our ah, pocket that we would stare um, into all the time and could watch anything ever whenever we no. wanted
1: there is one thing that predicted flat gigantic flat screen tvs and that was star trek for no other reason that we can get the damn oh, yeah. drop in there well shit It's exactly what i was hoping to spare you from
2: Okay. Well, yeah, there is the view screen. Yeah, we we're, we have to inevitably mention Star Trek and Transformers every episode. <laughs> oh, shit! What are we gonna do now? Okay. But Star Trek
0: wasn't a, um...
2: Fuck, I did mention Transformers already. Oh, god, I didn't
0: Conflux of, like, 80s greed and 80s values. Mm. Because, I mean, it, all mm. the movies in that, it, it's interesting, like, if you listen to the, um, commentary track on Back to the Future, and... At the mm. end, the direct, um directors saying like this was such an 80s thing like we wouldn't do this now but the whole idea of status at the end of it was the car and the girl and yeah. you know that was the idea of success and robocop certainly ties into all of that you got all these tvs i don't know how like we don't get to meet the guy at ocp who has to um sync up all these tvs and no. decide what's showing and hang out with <laughs> dick jones talking about what's going to be behind him when he talks and
2: is that in the novelization?
1: The AV guy's spin-off is going to be the next Robocop remake movie.
0: There's a definite um, bit of, like, theatre happening here, isn't mm. there? I mean, he, he's definitely putting on mm. the performance. And just the 80s, like, boardroom thing as well. I love that... Um, I, you guys tell me the name of the the guy that, at the table that sniffs.
1: Oh, um, the old man. He's literally just called oh, right. the old man. No,
0: no, no, oh. no. The guy that sniffs.
1: Oh, no, sorry, uh, no. Old man scratches his burned. I've got that. I've got a note on here somewhere. Uh, the um, Bob Norton. Oh, it is. Oh, okay.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Which again is showing that he's coked up.
1: Oh. <laughs> oh, yes. We got some good Coke action later on in the movie.
0: <laughs> yeah. But this is, this foreshadows that like he's sniffing at the meeting, just showing everybody sitting there at the boardroom and he's already like taking some Coke to even get through this. So <laughs> totally eighties moment.
1: I hadn't even considered that. That's brilliant.
0: Well, I love the way the camera sort of pans away from this grid of TVs to a door, which is essentially square <laughs> grids, mm. and this idea of all these things that we're speculating on on the TV automation, space, etc., etc. Suddenly, we're now at this um, panel of little prosceniums, and that's going to open, and everything we're talking about is actually going to step out of the TV world and into the room.
1: Uh, yeah. Well, that's the cool moment is that uh, uh, Dick Jones says that this is the future of law enforcement and the advertising around RoboCop at the time because I actually remember this as I was rewatching this minute. It's the first time I actually thought about this since literally I first saw the movie because uh, yeah, the, the tagline for RoboCop was the future of law enforcement. So when you know Dick Jones opened the doors and it's like, and this is the future of lo- law enforcement, you think, oh, this must be RoboCop, and then this gigantic hulking machine and she's like what the fuck i love that reveal
0: yeah he's doing an he's doing an infomercial and i love that um you see this sudden switch happen in the creatives behind the project as well i think because Mm. um you've got something that's very paul verhoeven Mm.
1: (laughs) <laughs> um,
0: happening here in the boardroom and the coke and the this infomercial thing and obviously robocop has all the commercials tied into it as well and now dick mm. jones is doing a commercial but then you have just that wonderful shot of the um panel on ed nine's feet kind of locking mm. down which is such a the effects nerd guys moment, you know, the the model shop people, the people that have really thought about how all this works and, and their love for bringing this thing to life. And I think it's that combination of those two things that makes this film memorable in the same way that star wars you can feel the love of the design and the way things work and everything like that and and the way that all these special effects people came in and took on a challenge and did something special with it that was beyond even the scope of what george lucas was planning to do
2: yeah, it's kind of... Yeah, I love the animation on ED-209. It, there's just so much attention to detail, the walk cycle. Yeah. You know, every little...
0: It's Phil. It's uh, Phil Tippett, isn't it?
1: Yeah, the dinosaur supervisor. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I love that meme. I
2: thought that name sounded familiar.
1: Yeah. Uh, actually, I've got that in written in my notes. Uh, so there was actually two scales worth of ED-209. There was the big static prop. So like when Dick Jones walks in front of Ed 209, that's not comped together. They're, they built a gigantic one-to-one Ed 209 and then the smaller one, which they then you stop motion. So the big prop was created by Craig Hayes and Paula Lucusi. And yeah, Phil Tapper was responsible for the miniatures. And it's no CGI. This is way before CGI. And I still think it looks amazing. Yeah, it's kind of a little bit janky. And
2: it's so seamless because I didn't notice until yeah. well, in a couple of minutes from now when there's all this smoke coming out of Ed 209 and (laughs) the actors are walking past it, they're actually pushing the smoke around and went, oh, that's actually physically there. Okay. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah.
0: But that's suspension of disbelief as well. And that's something, certainly when you approach these movies as a younger person that you you just buy into. I Mm. mean, it is a stop motion effect. And you think that the way that people, and it's got all the jerkiness and sort of charm associated with it, but um, we go into the story and we accept that whereas th- that's why i can't stand everyone bitching about cgi or this is bad it's like what do you want everything to be like puppets and plasticine and everything cgi again? is like, a tool it shouldn't matter what it is it's a war yeah. about like does it draw you out of the story or into the story and and I, I you yeah. know that's exactly right like i believe gonzo is real i can't imagine <laughs> that um there is this guy dave goals that is hanging around underneath him um, so it, it's not about the. That's a
1: bit of cognitive dissonance, but. <laughs> well,
0: it's not. A, it's not. A, it's not about the way that it's happening like, that it's um, executed, really. Yes, it's about exactly. The, it's a, it's about the whole package.
2: Yeah, uh, that came up a lot in Prometheus because that was a movie that was criticised for having too much CGI. Turns out most of it was practical mm-hmm. and they just used CGI to blend things. So oh, yeah. we're at a point now where people can't even tell the difference but they'll bitch about it anyway.
0: Um, people who, like, complain about things like too much CGI are lunatics anyway. <laughs> like, they're not people you want to hang out with. Mm.
1: <laughs> no, it's also true. The problem is most of those people complain don't or at least can't spot the differences and that's usually very telling because um okay so pretty much post episode one there was this kind of big thing of like oh wow cgi can do all this so we're just going to rely heavily on cgi but now it's actually pulled back and practical filmmaking has returned more or less because they just start blending the two and that's the perfect way to do it Hmm. Use your tools.
0: I just I just don't think people are good at articulating what they like and don't like. You know, they might yeah. have this sort of disconnection to a scene and they think, oh, well, it's because there's a CGI monkey here. But I don't <laughs> think that's necessarily what the, the real issue is.
2: It's about using the right tool for the job. Yeah. It doesn't matter what that is. Just pick the
1: right one. Like, it's funny how um, I believe there was a bit of a... There's always some bloody... Nerd rage when a new technology introduced into cinema, like uh, I think it was digital color editing, was controversial for the longest time hmm. until people went, Oh, yeah, we've been doing it for we've been doing color grading for the birth of color, so what's the difference? It's now on a computer, yeah. yeah. People are morons.
0: Yeah, there you go, listeners, you're morons. I can yeah, say that because they're, they're not my listeners, but uh,
2: the <laughs> listeners to... I mean, you called your listeners belligerent for many years, so... The, the <laughs> listeners
0: of oh, 60 seconds to comply. Yep. Bunch of nitpicking
1: morons. <laughs> <laughs> they don't
0: know their asses hey, from Hey, 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 the two
1: hosts are nitpicking morons So we have.
2: <laughs> yep, you guys do. So, uh, I've got some costume <laughs> notes, particularly with this one woman who's next to Bob Morton. Yes! And she, I just, I'm always distracted by her because she just, she looks like, I don't know, like Marlena Diedrich with the, without the top hat, but she's got this big old white bow and basically a tail coat. It is the most over the top thing I have ever seen. I, I
0: like that the
2: woman, how
0: she, I think it is that same woman that, um, when Ettore 9 comes in sort of sits forward in a seat like oh you know in the same way that someone might react to like a sports car or something there's this kind of like oh you've got these two big uh powerful guns uh now i'm (laughs) listening
2: which is such a fucking dirty 80s american thing she's got a mecha fetish what can we say
1: yeah Uh. No, my uh, drunk Shimoda in this scene is the guy who gets the rolled up paper tube at the end and starts holding it like a lightsaber like it's going to be defending against the bloody N209 guns. <laughs> what is that going to do?
0: Oh, and let's hear it for the scientists that wheel in that little trolley, yep. which has zero, like, <laughs> it doesn't look like it has any practical function. Um and, and it is just such a great contrast of uh, you know here are all these like power dudes in their suits well, I mean Dick Jones is practically doing this whole infomercial with his like erect <laughs> penis in his hand and then oh here are those nerds uh, that are coming in and wheeling in this thing Um and you know don't have any link to ED209 in the future do they like we don't <laughs> he's not out guarding the police precinct with these dudes with their little trolley.
1: We don't see Ed 209 in the wild, so there could always just be a guy with a trolley around the corner. Yeah, you know, true. Attiring <laughs> tiring the fuck out of it.
0: I imagine it's like, you, you know when there's things like at amusement parks where there's the bin that talks <laughs> and there's somebody like with a microphone always watching, like, a ten like 20 <laughs> yeah. meters away. I, I reckon one of those scientists does Ed 209's voice into a little, <laughs> uh... to a little hand mic
1: yeah that's how they do a lot of the droids in like you know 501st and that there's usually a storm a um a stormtrooper there's usually an an imperial trooper or rebels in the corner with their hands behind their back you know hiding hiding the remote control (laughs) yeah
2: i've been thinking a lot about within these minutes i don't know why but it keeps reminding me of iron man 2 but iron man 2 is kind of the story of robocop but without the satire, it's just—it's quite Randian. <laughs> Is it just me? Am I making that connection on my own? I
1: honestly can't remember that much of RoboCop. Uh, RoboCop. Uh, Iron Man Two.
0: <laughs> oh well, let me fill you in. Tony Stark has, goes on a long quest for strawberries. <laughs>
1: uh. <laughs> I remember wanting to drink while watching that. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I uh, I watched all of them, all the Marvel movies leading up to Endgame so yeah, it's fresh in my mind and fresh-ish and <laughs> yeah, it really does feel like that idea of creating this technology and sort of like corporate ownership, there is government intervention, the government mm. tries to intervene but Tony Stark's like, no, it's a mine fuck yeah America I should be able to do whatever I want, freedom
0: and um, yeah. it's a great two and a half hour movie with two action sequences <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, I can't even remember the final action sequence I was kind of checked out by that it was not a bad film but I was just like going just, just, just get on with it it sure did happen Yeah, it definitely was a movie
0: I think half an hour of it is Sam Rockwell
1: ad-libbing yeah he was probably the best things in it
2: that was the other thing Dick Dick Jones Sam Rockwell oh, there, there's a bit of a connection yes. there for me
1: no i'm just imagining sam rockwell in the dick jones uh, prequel tv series oh yeah yes
2: yes please i i'm down i'm ready for this
1: <laughs> don't know if you heard about that luke they, they're talking about doing a prequel to robocop as a tv series based all on dick jones yeah right so who would play the old man a young man yeah a young yes. a young
0: it would, it would definitely be a younger man
2: what well, younger man uh yeah do a freaking peter wayland uh buddy, guy oh, pierce God. from <laughs> <Perithius>. yeah
1: <laughs> oh no oh no sorry i'm taking i'm taking flashbacks to the old man makeup anyway um i've had to look at it for three years
0: well that's such a unique one isn't it because you've got you've got an old man makeup but you never use the person as a young man
2: they almost did, and then they deleted that scene. And I feel like when you get to that point, you just gotta keep it in, man. You just you you made the commitment.
0: You do a um, sudden like like Christopher Plummer replacement, like they did with Kevin Spacey in uh, that money that movie about the ransom. All the money in the
2: yeah. yeah,
1: which actually that worked way better than I thought it would. So my only thought about replacing ransom is uh, the Big Lebowski, the dirty laundry. Oh god, I... that's a. All that's oh, right. I... The note that cracked me up is when uh, Dick Jones says uh, that inferring we're talking about RoboCop. He says the superior fire apparently reflexes to use them, and like I'm did he actually look at at two and nine when he talking about re- superior reflexes?
2: The design is so impractical, I can't see this actually fulfilling the job it's made to do. It reminds me of, uh, okay, this is super obscure, and I've gone into all sorts of like Japanese mecha anime. Anyway, there's one called um, Brave Police J. Decker, and it, so he's, a, he's made by the police and this Japanese company. And he's supposed to be a robot cop. Thing is, though, he's probably about 15 feet tall, at least. So <laughs> w- you, it's, you've disabled your robot, effectively. It can't do his job. You can't get into a door. Can't get through a door. Yeah. But that's, like, what if...
0: the, that's the built-in joke, isn't it, with Ed 209, yeah. though? I mean, because he <laughs> does prove to be completely impractical later. Yeah.
2: Yeah it's intentional whereas so many other shows like jay decker they just play it straight there's no irony they're just like yeah 15 foot tall robot cop i don't see a
1: problem with this it it is the perfect symbolism of corporate excess to the you know uh, taking an extremely dumb overpriced solution uh, uh, to a very simple problem well it's a problem they're also causing but that's beside the point and I think that's why kind of Robocop does work a little bit better, at least as a visual aspect. It's like, you know, you're not taking this big, bulky thing out into the streets. You've you basically got a guy that looks like a just slightly taller cop. Mm. Yeah, but well, he's, a,
0: he's just a turret. Yes. I mean, like, at, at yeah. 9 people, they've already invented tanks and things, so...
1: you know, It's a big old but... chicken walker. Well, I do have a note about that. So... Looking up something, but go on. Um, so in the audio commentary, uh, Ed Neumeyer actually talks about uh, there's a connection he, in built into this movie to Vietnam, specifically the uh, military industrial complex. OCP is supposed to be reflective of the escalating military after Viet or during and after Vietnam, into the point where one of those scientists you're talking about, his name is Dr. McNamara. And that's actually based on Robert McNamara, who was the security of defense during Vietnam. And Ed toon specifically, his design was supposed to resemble a Huey gunship, which was one of the helicopters they used in Vietnam. So like most of this movie, it's all based around lampooning and satiring, the military complex, the corporate complex. And I'm having a look at this uh, picture of this Huey, and I don't... I just don't see it. <laughs> it's got the wrong picture up on Google. But, well, I've
0: been mean, uh, just looking at a picture of Ed two hundred nine. It's like a cockpit with two big guns on the side. I mean, it's it's. It is. Not I hard to imagine that helicopter
1: feel. So there's like this nose. There's this nose section on the Huey that's kind of like the head of Ed two hundred nine. But I don't. It doesn't have big gunships. Uh, it doesn't have big guns onto the side.
0: Yeah, I mean, Millennium Falcon was inspired by a hamburger. I
2: wouldn't go looking for the pickle.
1: <laughs> no, he's in the cockpit.
2: Yeah. Why was my first freaking image was Han Solo and Grimace in the cockpit? <laughs> 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 Gotta Photoshop that, put it in the show notes.
1: <laughs> by all means. No, I'm just imagining a hairy... a hairy. Uh... Purple triangle. And I'm also. Like, I actually remember yeah, oh. the Thumb Wars.
2: <laughs> what okay. even is a grimace? Um,
0: yeah, I don't know. I'm just thinking now, thinking of Simon imagining a purple hairy triangle. Uh, <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah, it's called my penis. Anyway.
0: Yeah, <laughs> there we go. Robocop.
2: And, and Dorian Poontang.
0: 60, 60 seconds to comply.
1: Lately has kinda of devolved into a porno cast.
2: Sorry, Arcturian, uh I sorry if I I know geeks are gonna hear this, it's Arcturian Poon from Aliens. I had to Because Andorian's <laughs> from Star Trek and I they probably got white pubic hair, so you know. Oh god. Anyway, I've just derailed everything. Cause, cause <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, no, no. Star Trek is fair getting on this podcast. We've already established true,
2: this. True, 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 true. Have we done this minute? <laughs>
1: I think we've done this
2: minute. Uh, and then this gaslighting robocop. Alex, how do you feel? I feel fine, Dr. Norton. It's just Murphy's walking into the precinct, and then Chief's like, that's enough, and he's basically like, you know, two steps away from having to hand in his badge and his gun, and he's all like angsty and shit, and fuck this movie. Yep. Oh,
1: my, my only note for the gaslighting is our what? Sorry, I'll get this in the right tone. Our hero, ladies and gentlemen. I mm. oh god! I have mm. forgotten how much I kind of loathe the reboot. Uh, Alex Murphy, it just was—he's just such a tool, and I completely forgot that this guy's Rick Flag.
2: I like him in Altered Carbon. I I I like Joel Kinnaman in other things. It's just, oof, not this.
1: Yeah, I mean, what is it with Monday movies and making you hate your protagonist? Yeah, I don't get it. I don't get it. And even Lewis is a bit of a.
2: Mm. Uh, that we, uh, for continuity purposes, if anyone cares, I mean, it does come <laughs> up in the next few minutes, but uh, yeah, Lewis, uh, who is a man in this, uh, he was injured in whatever arrest this is that they're talking about, so, yeah. I mean, again, this is main problem, you know, you're ten minutes into this movie, and we haven't even seen Lewis, and isn't the Lewis that we know and love, and she's not kicking someone's ass, so, like, yeah. what's even the point?
1: Yeah, you, you've basically just... Neutered Lewis and not even made Lewis, uh, well, oh, you've not even made Murphy a character you want to know and empathize. Is this the reason why? Oh, God. What's the opposite of castrating? <laughs> uh, I'm gonna use a really, really, like, lame
0: high s- Sticking another dick to the end of your dick.
1: <laughs> I was gonna use a really bad high school joke. It's called a strapidictomy. Oh! <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah, because, you know, now Lewis is a dude so so yeah there you go
1: <laughs> I, I think i just realized something one of the reasons i wasn't keen on this movie is that i just don't empathize with alex murphy and like i think the problem is one of the emotional cause of the remake is that you're supposed to kind of you, you're in this journey where murphy is slowly getting his humanity erased which again i i think is a really bad misstep compared to the original movie and in this movie i'm just, yeah. just don't care about the dude
2: well that and the biggest issue is that they've reframed it almost as if it's a character study or yeah. it's very character focused and they've got nothing to back that up with yeah i i, I don't get it i i just don't get it um
0: i don't, I don't even care enough to talk about it <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's fine it's almost done luke we're almost done. <laughs>
1: oh god i'm gonna say diesel is this the shortest episode we ever have we got we've got a we've got a vamp we've got a vamp um no i'm okay. kidding
2: uh, so anyway, in Transformers, the Lost Light series, um, there's a...
1: <laughs> no, the problem is that, let's, let's be brutally honest, the the juicy stuff, the stuff we're here for, comes up in minute 12, we We're at minute 10 we've still got, oh, so much, just nothing going on, but yeah. at least the next minute it starts to get interesting, uh, but... It's a good setup scene. And that's the other thing we're talking about when it comes to comparing these two movies. By this point, we've introduced our, our main protagonists, our main antagonists. We've got the story finally propelling forward. In the remake, we're only just now, 10 minutes in, meeting the character we're supposed to relate to, the char- our protagonist, the, the guy we're supposed to care about. And the first thing he's doing is just acting like an ass to his boss. And it's like...
2: Yeah, I mean, he comes storming in, he's all sulky, whereas Alex Murphy in the original, you sort of get a sense, oh, there's something different about this guy. You're kind of drawn to him, he has this quiet energy, whereas there's all this chaos going on around him at the precinct. So you you really do focus on this guy, and you're you're drawn to
1: every little detail of his performance. Even when he's trying to big dick... um... Lewis, which just came out really wrong when I say it like that, but yeah, you know, big, dog- so big dogging. <laughs> even when he's big dogging Lewis in the original movie, it's it's play. You can see that hmm. he's basically sizing it up, and almost that point where Lewis clearly Why doesn't do you
2: keep making penis now. All right,
1: look, you guys, you guys have drawn me into
0: this now because <laughs> I can I can only hear so much before I have to. One, I think there's a kind of medium ground here like we've all watched Robocop a lot of times the original mm. um in some cases grown up on it um yeah. I, I don't think someone necessarily watching it for the first time now would be talking about um <laughs> how just captivating Peter Weller is and how like you're just transfixed and drawn in and everything I mean you don't um know. <laughs> yeah I, <laughs> someone might be but um like that's coloured by and then at the same time I, I don't watch that minute of um Kinneman and go, Oh god, this asshole. Um <laughs> I, I just I just think it's bland. I, I think um yeah. I, I didn't read it like that. I it's been a long time since I saw the movie. I saw it in the cinema. Didn't love it. Didn't think about it again. So I, I'm not coming into this having seen the first ten minutes. But uh well <laughs> recently. But um watching just that minute, I, I just feel like it's that trope of the 80s movie where you go in and you you've got the boss behind the desk at the police yep. thing and you have an argument and, and and I think there's a kind of um when filmmakers especially younger filmmakers who prob- uh do stuff like this they get a real joy. There's something sort of fetishistic about, oh, I'm finally I'm making a scene like those movies that I grew yeah. up on and watched. And I think they kind of feel that's enough, but it, it's just not, it's just not engaging enough. You've got that sting of Robocop music in mm. there. Oh, You've got God someone yeah. says Murphy to remind you, hey guys, it's Murphy. You know, Murphy, you guys love Murphy. <laughs> it, it's just this, um, but the whole thing sort of beige and bland and um, it, it just doesn't have a, a stronger vision as like, Hovens, just nuts yeah. yes I, I mean he's just a wacky guy that always just gives you crazy 80s indulgence excess and, and and this has all washed out so it just it just doesn't um i just see it as really bland it
1: it really is bland
0: i uh, you know i don't know why you wouldn't go crazy over the top but then also they you know this isn't a hard arm uh, movie they want to uh introduce this to a far broader audience. Hmm.
2: Yeah, I'm trying to think of what other PG movie they could sort of template it on, what kind of tone they could have gone for. Because the remake that we have in our, or sequel, uh, (laughs) that we have in our minds is, no, you just literally just bring Robocop back out of storage.
1: Yeah. Um, Our our, our idea is you're making a soft reboot um, Robocop remake type of thing but it's literally it's still Peter Weller he's still Robocop it's just that he's been in storage for like 40 years like it it, okay the timeline for the movie is weird enough as itself it's supposed to be like in the mid 21st century so it's supposed to be like 2050 to 2070 things. so it's like add an extra 40 years on top of that so maybe even though maybe it's had the 22nd century and like you know either things have gone to shit or you know Robocop's You know, being put out of, come out of retirement for something. Either way, um.
2: I would like a kind of Demolition Man scenario where Robocop has been brought into this very sterile, sanitized (laughs) world. (laughs) That would be great. But Peter Weller didn't even want to do Robocop
0: 3. Why is he going to go and do your bullshit?
2: Um, because it's a fantasy scenario and anything's possible. I mean, what does he even look like these days?
1: He would have, actually, he would have done Robocop 3. He was too busy doing Naked Lunch because that had run over.
0: Because ah. he's not like Tom Cruise, like he doesn't have Tom Cruise money. I'm sure he looks like a man of his age looks, just yeah. like the way he that he looks uh,
1: like. Well, kind of like Clint Eastwood, actually. That's okay. We just give him a new rubber mask. You know, that's that's yeah. that's an in-universe explanation.
0: Yeah, but I mean, that's the thing. It's 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 RoboCop, man. It's like Batman. You got a chin, you can go and be Batman. Like mm.
1: that is literally why they cast him. You,
0: you don't need to. It's so, not like there's only one guy in the world that can play Batman and, and make it work. You know what I mean?
2: Well, actually, in one of the previous minutes, I did say that I want Paul Bettany to play the new Robocop. So Yeah, yeah.
1: we did. That was pretty much... Yeah, was he, he's already played, played
2: a robot. What's the joy in that yeah. for him? Um, because it's my...
0: So he's, it's, your, he's, your go, he's suddenly the go-to robot guy. And then next thing <laughs> yeah. you know, he's the
2: talking bin at Disneyland. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's a good gig. <laughs> Don't crap on my dreams. <laughs> i don't know what james spader doing oh yeah again typecast
1: (laughs) okay no 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 no. you brought this up you know who would you cast as robocop
0: it wouldn't even fucking matter as the guy (laughs) is he is he a man does he have a chin and a mouth i wouldn't cast (laughs) someone that was missing 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 it didn't have a chin i wouldn't cast benedict cumberbatch Imagine what that. Imagine what that
2: would look like. <laughs> oh yeah, you can't, that wouldn't work.
1: No, the funny thing is they were looking at doing either Rutger Hauer or Arnold Schwarzenegger for the role, uh, except for the fact that like Arnie was way too big, like literally and figuratively, and they. And that makes Rut- no
0: sense. He's already a monster. He doesn't need to <laughs> be. He them.
2: would look like a freaking. He would look like a transformer. He would look he like would look fucking like a Megatron in the RoboCop armor. Yeah. A chest all the way out to where as far as your arms can reach.
1: Someone did a deep fake of Arnie as Robocop in the end scene with Dick Jones. It's a little bit eerie. Oh yes, I did see that. Yeah, mm. okay,
0: that person
1: is a moron as well. <laughs> <laughs> He's no, simple <super> the... literate. <laughs> <laughs> the reason they cast Peter Well is they wanted a good actor with a very defined chin line and lower yeah. jaw. I'm oh, not well, joking.
0: Where where would we ever find a good actor <laughs> with a defiant chin?
2: Oh, oh, all the Batmans.
0: <laughs> we'll have to, we'll have to dig up Peter Weller. Yes.
1: Yeah, let's dig up Peter Weller. He needs to be in more movies. Damn it. Eep.
0: Well, it's like it's that's like when all the nerds are like, "Oh, Nathan Fillion should be in this. Why is not Nathan Fillion in this? If Nathan Fillion was that good, he would be in a movie, <laughs> let alone all the <laughs> movies.
1: He should play Nathan Drake. Nathan Fillion is a TV actor. I think even he knows that. I'm not trying to sound yeah. condescending or anything, but Nathan Fillion is good in the roles he does in TV. I, I don't see him as a movie actor.
0: Nah. i was saying, like, if he, if he was good, they, they would work with him.
2: Yeah. It's one of Yeah, like, there's definitely this... this these, I think I mentioned before, those sort of cult actors. You know, your Jeffrey Combses, your Bruce Campbells. They're never going to be...
1: Bruce Campbell wouldn't have been a good chin for it.
2: Oh, yeah, actually, yeah. Mm. Uh, but, yeah, they're never going to be A-listers. It's just, it's just not what they're made for. And because
0: yeah. apart from, like, a, you know, small
2: group of vocal people,
0: no one gives a shit.
2: Yeah. Yep.
1: Yeah. I do completely agree with
2: you. They've got about as much of a following as a YouTuber. <laughs> Maybe oh, less.
0: Yeah, there you go. If you could fucking fucking PewDiePie to be Robocop.
2: You know, done. <laughs> Sold.
1: Got it. Oh, God. Got <laughs> it. I think that wraps it up. Then uh, we'll definitely have more. All right, that about covers it. oh <laughs> uh, sorry. Yeah, you got your line. Yeah. So, being the guest, uh, where can we find you, Luke?
0: Guys, go to DungeonsandDrongos.com and uh, get in on a live play. Uh... Uh, Dungeons and Dragons adventure setting, Fantasy Australia I'm the DM, we've done 140 odd episodes every two episodes is a whole adventure sort of like uh, episodic TV it's improv comedy and uh, it's a lot of fun so don't be a nitpicking moron or a loser put your deep fake on hold and get (laughs) on and listen to that
1: would you call it a critical hit?
0: Uh, I don't know what any of that is
1: (laughs) (laughs) it's when you roll a d20 yeah, yeah, it's definitely <laughs>
2: a critical hit.
1: Yeah, the, cri- the the crickets say enough. Yes,
2: and yes, and <laughs>
0: yes, and it is a critical hit. It, okay, it I think the, I... it puts the S in critical hit.
1: Okay, we just rolled a one in on this joke. The D and D nerds will get it.
0: If you if you're a, if you're a nerd, don't even listen to it. It's just for cool people. Yeah, it's cool a people bunch who of play D and D. It's yeah. It's it's two hot guys, two hot girls, just fucking broing out uh, and just smashing it.
1: You know, I'm just gonna cut out the broing out part.
2: <laughs> yeah, I either the they had have no standards. I'll take anyone. Just go to travindesigns.com, Look at my stuff. <laughs> look at my pods. Look at my Patreon, which is also travindesigns.
1: Designs. Yes. Uh, I. I guess I should do this. No one gives a shit about my podcast called Kung Pao Enter the Minute. No one gives a shit about that. No, um, <laughs> check me out at Fanboy Crossing. Uh, do all the other things. I have co fired Patreon, but who gives a shit about that? Look, Go buy him a coffee.
0: Man. Buy this man yeah. a coffee. He's, he's a wage <laughs> yes. editing all the time because <laughs> yeah. he doesn't want you to hear him rifling through his notes. <laughs> no, I, I can just add folly for that man.
2: There we go. You got to hear. You got to hear behind the curtain. Behind the curtain.
1: Um. No- I'm moist as ASMR. Mm, I'm into it. <laughs> Please like, share, subscribe. <laughs> Please like, share, subscribe this. We're now finally on Apple Podcasts as of this recording. Yeah.
2: Give us some reviews. Tell us how terrible we are. Are you on Spotify? We're on Spotify.
1: We're on Spotify as well. And Google. Oh, Jason, oh, go. oh, let anybody on. I know. Yeah. Right? They let us on. Let, they, I got my other podcast approved on Apple. What the fuck? Like, yeah, it's
2: because I'm in it, and they're like, oh, this guy. Oh, oh we yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. He checks out.
1: Yeah. The the person that's on every single other minute.
2: <laughs> oh, it just any throw a stone at a Movies by Minute podcast, I've probably been on at least a few minutes of it.
1: Yeah. So, it, yeah, but definitely um, please help us out. Give us some of your audience Used. I don't know where I'm going with this.
2: Anyway. Smash the like. Please button, subscribe. Please. please. We
1: I need beg you. My children need wine.
2: All right. I think that's
1: I think that's it. Thank you very much, Luke. And we <laughs> still got two more we still got two more minutes of this shenanigans to go with you so oh, excellent. stick around. But Until then, I'll we'll see you next week. <laughs> I was waiting for a Robocock! <laughs> you wow.